podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to your weekly edition of Touchy Gooners. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duty back again, back again. Um, and we finally have our first win of 2024 sitting here, uh, you know, near the end of Jan. I know Dry Jan's hit a lot of people. I know we've been waiting for that paycheck to come through. But our team finally paid us with their first three points of 2024. So we're going to get into that. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by my regular brother, Masuya brother, Shabs. How are we doing, sir? Hey, I'm all right, man. Mel- melanated Proctor. Okay, okay, okay. That's what I'm going with this week. <laughs> and I'm delighted to say we have two listeners as well. We're keeping the listener edition going. We have two on this week, um, Nate and Jesse. Uh, it'd be great. So if you'd be great, if you could just introduce yourselves, guys, um, just how long you've been listening to the to the pod and, um, yeah, your, your, your short Arsenal story. Uh, I'll start with Jesse. Uh, um, so my name is Jesse, man. Um, been listening to the Touchline Frackers for a long time. Like I said before, when I when I just joined, um, since when Lou was going head to head with the United guys about how it always better than Rashford, um, double denim with Morayo, like a long time. So yeah, man, I really enjoyed the pod. And um, Marcel's story is quite like. Was quite familiar with a lot of black boys from South London. Like you see Thierry Henry, you thought you fall in love with a a player like that. But true say that I wasn't because I don't, I don't have like an older brother or like a family member that supports Arsenal. I kind of just had to find my love for it on my own. So this might break a lot of hearts, but um, my first game was actually watching the Barcelona game when we the Champions League, and my dad changed the channel when we were winning one 0 so I thought we won later on. I didn't know that two years later, I'm hearing that we lost. So that's my first heartbreak and that's my story, man. That the, was, was that, which one? The 2006 Champions League final? Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, my dad damn. changed the channel when damn, damn. we, we scored. Was, so yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit political. I remember I was, I was in year 11. I was had my GCSE maths exam the next day. Uh, I could not focus, boy. I was listen, that might be one of the only times I was reduced to tears as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> my mum was like, You got a maths exam the next day, there'll be another time. There hasn't been. I'm now 34 Mm-mm. years old with Mm-mm. two kids, basically. So yeah, that time hey. hasn't come, but hopefully it will come soon. So yeah. Yeah, man. Hopefully. Hey, man. sorry. Hey Jesse, why 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 did your dad change the channel for? You, do you know back back then, yeah. <laughs> back then, my, my dad my dad's not really a football fan, but he was a Chelsea supporter. But yeah, but now, uh, but now he's not. He exactly. 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 I didn't want. I didn't want to just come out and say you're. <laughs> like, but yeah, I hear it. Okay. All right. Okay. 
and and we, we have another listener on regular listener nate you might you guys might remember nate nate is someone who always asks some provocative some wayward questions at times we're questioning him but yeah it's good to have you on nate how are you doing sir yeah i'm all good obviously last time i was on here i got cooked man See that, <laughs> that good man behind me joel campbell yeah, yeah that was a that was a legendary pod but um <laughs> yeah man obviously yeah, i've been supporting arsenal since 97 first game arsenal versus chelsea at the bridge and yeah, it's been it's been downhill ever since then. To be honest, but yeah, we're, we're moving, man. We're moving. We we move, we move. Yes, man. Arsenal is very much character building. A lot of us have been through tough times, man. But you know, listen, my dad always says Arsenal didn't kill him. So and my dad's a sixty-year-old, so that ain't gonna kill me either, man. So so we move. Um, but yes, gents, let's get on to it. This week we finally picked up our first three points. I say finally, like we've played bare games in 2024. We haven't really. We've only played Liverpool in the FA Cup. And then this was the, the second game of um, 2024. After a long two-week hiatus, we were in Dubai. We were wondering what they were cooking. Um, but the lads cooked us a 5-0 meal. And I was at the game. It was lovely. I'll be real because it was freezing. Really and truthfully, I didn't even want to be at the game. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. If you had offered me to stay at home, I would have stayed at home. But um, it was great to win, great to finally, um, you know, get some momentum going again. So hopefully this can be the start of us picking up form now. I think, um, you know, we're hearing about players returning, parties returning. We saw those vids with uh, Timber out in Dubai kicking ball. So I think we were quite unlucky in the first half of the season with the amount of injuries we picked up. Um, but yeah, you know. Back to winning ways and, and you know, our next game's not now till next week. I think Tuesday away to Forest as well. So um, hopefully this can be the start of us picking up some momentum. But let me start with the listeners. Um, Jesse, what were your, you know, um, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about, I'll pick out some some points from on the whole, but what was your overall thoughts on the on the game on Saturday? What were you, what were you hoping for and, and what did you see as a result? I was hoping for like, a very aggressive start to the game, which I felt like we got to a certain extent. But I felt like when they got to the final third, it was still like, I, I felt like, you know, when you're watching your team and you can see them like they're overthinking when they get to the last third, it's like they're taking a, another touch. And I felt like Trossard was, I don't want to point him out, maybe we'll get onto him, but I felt like he was at fault for most of that. So we'll get to the last third. And it would be like a, another touch, a hesitation. But in general, as a as a player, I feel like we, we did well. We defended well. We controlled the game. Rice was okay. Saliba, Gabriel was good, man. It, it was good. Like, and yeah, I felt like we controlled the game. But um, I feel like going forward, there was still a bit of issues for a large majority of the game. Yeah, great. Um, Nate, what, were, what, what are your thoughts? I was at the game as well, man. Um, it was fucking freezing, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, fans were bare quiet. I don't know if you noticed the same thing, but not the same chance going on. I think people were quite nervous in the build-up to the game. And then we kick off, we get hold of the ball quite quickly, and you just think, yeah, we're bang on it, man. Um, and similar to what Jesse said, um, ball's coming into the final third. It's not sticking with Saka. It's not sticking with Trossard. Jesus is doing jinky majinky, but you know there's no there's no real threat in behind there, um, and we just look kind of 
bereft of any sort of ideas. We didn't look like we was going to break them down until that first corner from from Rice, which was which was quite interesting. Um, Gabriel, he had a monster, monster performance. I think that's probably his best in an Arsenal shirt, to be honest. Him and Saliba were just, they were cut above the rest um, from start to finish. But I always felt, even going in at the break 2-0, um, there was more to come from the team. Havertz, Jesus Christ, man. Um, I've been cooking that guy since we signed him, but every time I watch this guy, I don't know what he's doing in the Arsenal shirt, man. Like That guy is crap. Um, he offered us nothing going forward. Um, some interesting rotations with Trossard and uh, Saka on the wing, a bit similar to last season with, with Xhaka, where he would take up those positions. But other than that, yeah, that guy stinks, man. Um, so when he came off for ESR, um, I thought that was an interesting change. ESR looked like he was he was bang on it, and he looked like he was he had a point to prove to Arteta and the rest of the team. Um, and it's only really I mean, then. Also, did, we... did you hear the, the, the shout ESR got when he came Fam? in? You, you could see yeah, how. Yeah. I, I'd say at Arsenal, when, if you're a regular game goer, you'd see there's probably the most popular players amongst the crowd, probably Saka, naturally, um, mm. Saliba, naturally, Erdegaard, naturally. But ESR is a big, big fan favourite. Yeah, big, he's... big fan favourite. And like... you see it. You saw it when he came on as well. So sorry. Mm. But yeah, finish yeah. your point. Yeah, top five easily. Um, yeah, that's probably the loudest anyone was probably for the for the whole game, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, when he came on, um, added a bit more impetus, um, a bit more dynamism um, in that final third. It's only really then where we started to to break them down and really and really cook them, and that's really where we got the the open goals from. So um, not our best performance um, compared to what we've cooked up previously in the mm-hmm. season, but five goals, clean sheet. Can't really complain, really. Yeah, no, I know you can't really complain. It's funny because I was there and I was I was saying to the guy next to me, I was like, this is funny because generally, and we've spoken about this a few times on the pod since November, We, I think the actual, you know, the chance creation has improved a lot. I even think, Shabs, what was that? There was something shared in the group the other day about, you know, since I think Jesus has come back into the side, Arsenal almost top for non-penalty uh, XG goals as well, which is sometimes surprising. But I think overall, we've spoken about it since November. Generally, the trend has been a bit more positive, creating a bit more chances. But I think it's, you know, a lot of the final actions have been quite poor, um, especially in, in, you know, that that last that last action, whether it's the last pass or, or last shot, as you know, the time has been quite off. Um, and we've been noticing. So it's, it's quite funny. What, we, what was your take? Because as Nate said, you know, 5-0, but you're coming away thinking, ah, I think we played better. You know, I, I was saying the other day, I thought we played better against Liverpool in the FA Cup, you know, in a game where, ironically, we lost 2-0, but I thought we had them, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for crap finishing, which has, you know, been a consistent theme of this season, um, we should have beaten Liverpool. But generally, I was a lot more encouraged by actually how we played against Liverpool. Um but maybe that's because there was a bit more space. You know, Liverpool came to attack. Palace really didn't. And I was actually quite shocked. Even when we were 2-0 up, Palace really didn't show that much ambition. I thought it was a lot A lot of it was Eze and Inshallah. You know, I love Eze, by the way, Hooper. But um, they didn't really offer much more. So, yeah, what was your overall thoughts on the game? What was your main takeaway? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of them ones. You can analyse results. Or you could analyze performance. I think if you analyze the result, it's hard to complain off the back of a five-nil victory. You be, you know, you beat anyone five-nil. 
without watching anything, it, it looks and sounds like a resounding victory. Um, we restricted Palace to very little as well. They didn't really have very many um, chances to write home about. Ryan made two good saves. But it was mostly long well. pot shots, though, in it. It was there wasn't anything, yeah. you know, in the box. They, Eze yeah. was taking a few from outside the box, but nothing, nothing clear. Yeah, cut. nothing too too troubling. So yeah, imperious defensively. Um, I think it is as Nate has said, as you've said, um, as has been mentioned, as we discussed, that, as Jesse mentioned as well. It's just there was a lot to be desired in the way that we attacked, and I think it's on trend with how uh, we have looked for the majority of this season and um, on trend with the themes about the attack looking less fluid and not as sharp and not as potent. I, again, was really frustrated with um, Trossard and play breaking down a lot with Trossard. Um, Not a lot, but I felt like none of us were really sharp or decisive in terms of final action. Um, Saka was okay, but not amazing. Erdegaard was okay, not amazing. Um, you know, we've seen Erdegaard have much better games. Um, Jesus was busy, very busy, but not sharp. Crossard was okay. Havertz was okay. That sums up our, you know, our attacking five five players, and none of them were remarkable, and yet, you know, we managed to win um five nil. I think um Martinelli, you know, we've been calling for Martinelli in terms of his performances and the drop in form. And um, I don't know if I wouldn't have started him this game just because the alternative looks like Trossard or, or, you know, something inferior. However, I did say a couple of times um, and, and Sean, you were, you were in the stadium as well. So the reception is not always, you know, you're not always getting our messages through and worried about other things. But I did say watching from home in the chat as well, I said, Martinelli coming off the bench, he's money here. You know, there's, there's money in him because um, these players are going to be tired. You know, Palace players, he comes on, game's a bit stretched now. And I think that's a weapon, you know, and something that we don't do nearly enough with Martinelli. I think what we do is we tend to run Martinelli down to the ground and, um, you know, then he requires a bit of a period out to sit out. Happens around the same sort of time last season as well. Um, coming back from the World Cup, it looked like a bit of a dip, looked a bit stale. Had to sit him down for a couple of games. And then, you know, threw him back in. He looked sharp again. He was firing. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't think it was an amazing attacking performance, to be honest with you. But we won 5 0, so it's really hard to complain. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, Martinelli, I was we're gonna move on to individual performances, and obviously you've touched on Martinelli there, so we might as well just get on to him. Um Jesse, I think obviously one of the points Shabs has referenced, we've been talking about, you know, Martinelli hasn't looked as fluent. Um, he's he struggled a bit this season, you know, he literally doubled his his goal tally, you know, in the league this season in, in, in one game. So he hasn't been particularly impressive. Obviously, he came off the bench this game. How much stock do you put in the two goals? Do you think it's a factor of, you know, he's just been low in confidence, he needed goals to get him going again? Or do you put stock in the fact that, you know, by that time we were freeing it up, there was a lot more open space on the pitch, right? You know, Martinelli feeds on that space. Um, there was a lot of space to play into, whereas maybe some of the criticisms against Martinelli sometimes against the low block, maybe there's not enough mm-hmm. 
guile at times in his game. So how much stock do you put into what he did on, on Saturday? So obviously two great finishes, two very Henri-esque finishes. Um, hopefully is that the start of kicking on or are there still some further concerns that are maybe linked not just to him, but to the wider attack overall? With someone like Martinelli, I feel like with him, out of everybody in our in our squad, I see more of a finisher with him. So I'm ne- I'm never going to be scared about him going through crazy droughts and all of a sudden he can't score. Like I'm never going to be um, doubting over that. It just it's overall play. That's when I look at him. I'm just like, there's something you may you, you seem like you're off. So um, the game before, I think it was the game before Fulham. I can't remember what game that was, but I feel like that was one of his. I'm at home. That was the game I was like, this, you're, you're off it. You're off it here. There's something going on here. But I will, it's a bit of a half and half because I would say he did it for his confidence. But I'll, it's the, the context behind the game was, but at that time was, they had, I feel like Chris Bader already conceded that they've, they've, that they've lost. So now that they've lost, they kind of took the foot off the gas. And you can see Georgina now picking up in space. And now, you know, so, I feel like Martinelli now, he just needs to kick on for his confidence now. And I feel like he is probably, for me, the most important in our attack because he's the one that stretches. He's the one with his, and he's the one the only one that has that blistering pace that can like look 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 at the game against um Aston Villa when he came off and Trotter came on. He is the only one with that kind of pace that troubles defenders. Even when he's not playing well, his kind of pace, his kind of intensity, his aggression is always gonna trouble defenders. So I feel like with his confidence, maybe he can he can score more at the second half second half of the season. Yeah, and and Nate, um, any further thoughts to add? Do you think? Do you agree that it, it's sometimes maybe been a bit system systematic? Maybe Havertz next to him hasn't helped. You know, last season he had Jacker next to him. Jacker's more of a passer, or you know, do you think he needs to take blame and he needs to cook up something a bit more special like your boy Joel Campbell? <laughs> hey, Joel Campbell would have cooked on Saturday, bro. Um, Where, listen, this, yeah. this guy still played. Where is he? Where is he now? Because I, I, I know he's not retired. I don't <laughs> even know, man. Yeah. Probably on a farm somewhere, man. Nah, I think, I think probably it's a mixture of everything, really. I think systematically, it doesn't help having someone like Kai Havertz, you know, low touch player, doesn't look to be interested in build up, whether that's by design or by instruction, he just, yeah, he's just not that guy, man. We need a proper midfielder in there. And that's obviously where someone like an ESR or a Jorginho helps, you know, someone that's going to keep feeding Martinelli and allow him to run him behind. Um, I agree with Jesse. I think Palace realised that the game was was beyond them. Um, I don't know who that right back was, but he had a shoddy time when he came on, man. Um, they just kept on annihilating him down that wing. Was is was wasn't in the final climb or or am I? Or nah, he came off. He came he, off. He came off. He came I'm off surprised. Firstly, yeah, I'm surprised this guy's still kicking ball because I saw this brother on Love and Hip Hop. What was it? <laughs> or Love and Miami when he was at one Liverpool, of them? Yeah, yeah. One, one of them. I'm surprised. Listen, yeah, that guy's yeah. Still he came off. Gay okay. came off. Okay. Um, and someone else came off in like the 65th minute, something like that. And Tompkins came on, and these two other no-name brothers. But yeah, I mean, that does a world of good for Martinelli and his confidence. Um, but really, the real criminal is Arteta, man, because like we've been crying out for some competition in the attacking positions, 
You know, you've you've signed Eddie to this long-term deal. You hardly play him. You've signed Reese Nelson to this long-term deal. You hardly play him. And as Shabs just said, you keep running Martinelli into the ground. And then when he's down on his luck, you know, who is there to, to bring on and, and give that same, you know, that same feeling, same impetus on their wing? Um, obviously, we went for uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, which would have added a, a similar dynamic on that wing. We end up with Trossard. Um, doesn't really make any sense, to be honest. So, yeah, man, just I feel for the kid, but he can definitely be doing more um, to add to his goal, Tully. It's it's an interesting one, right? Because I think he's uh, shots per game. I was checking on who scored website this season. It's down to 1.8 in the Premier League. And I think last season it was above like 2.5, almost three shots per game. So it kind of indicates that, you know, we're not getting Martinelli into the threatening positions that we were last season. And and even though we always, you know, spoke about Xhaka's maybe deficiencies on the half turn, one thing Xhaka was, was that he was a passer and that he always used to underlap Martinelli, used to give Martinelli room to come inside. You know, when you just see that the synergy feels a lot more natural um, and, and it, it's still, to your point, you know, with Havertz, it hasn't looked natural. And obviously, this is the, the, the manager's because he's chosen to replace Havertz with, you know, Xhaka with more of a runner in Havertz. But Havertz wants to be in the box all the time. He wants to crash the box. But I still think at times we miss someone who can receive in the pockets. And obviously, this brings me naturally onto my guy, um, you know, as as the chairman and CEO of ESR Entertainment. Um, you know, the, the the cheer he got when he came on at the weekend I don't know why Shabs is shaking his head, but um, yeah, Could I, you I, hate, man? I, 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 um, I started this. I built this brick by There's brick. There's a founding committee. Be, yeah, yeah. Man, trying to take yeah. solo credit for it. There's I, I, a I founding am, I am solo committee. credit. There, there are certain no. shareholders within within the community, but you know, I'm, I'm the CEO. Anyway, let's let's focus on. Um, it was actually, you know, we a lot of us have been talking in the group chat about ESR has been receiving those here. Damn minutes but you know this was the first time he got like you know 20 like 25 minutes in a game so it was really really interesting and obviously if we're going to say it helped with Martinelli Crystal Palace's legs going a bit it probably helped ESR but you notice the difference in a midfielder that can turn receive on the half turn and drive forward I think that one of the things that always frustrates me with Habits like is I just find him so timid he doesn't there's not enough bravery in his game like and he's probably in the team and this is probably where he's better than ESR because even though I'm not a fan of Havertz, defensively, he's actually quite sound. You know, he, he does get a foot stuck in. He does win a lot of duels. And probably, I think Arteta's probably not as convinced about ESR's ability off the ball. So that's probably an area he needs to develop. But in possession, there's no denying who's the better player. Do you know what I mean? So the ability to receive on the turn, the ability to drive forward with the ball. Obviously, there wasn't any specific impact but you notice the difference, right? You notice the ability when Zinchenko would pop it through the lines or Erdegaard would pop it through. Even there was a couple of exchanges between Erdegaard and, and ESR through the lines. And I think to myself, how often does that happen with um with Erdegaard and Havertz, right? Because Havertz, his first thought is always to get into the box again. That's probably by design. But I do think ESR someone who can lick, who can link, who can knit the play together, but then also crash the box as well. So you want someone who can do a bit of both. Do you know what I mean? So... I really hope um, this is a cameo that he can build on. Please, please, my guy, stay fit. Don't get injured again. Um, so I think this is a real opportunity. Shabs, I know as a, you're saying you're one of the committee members, but yeah, what, what were your thoughts on um, the ESR cameo at the weekend? Yeah, encouraging. Encouraging that he got the time. Mm, because, mm. yeah, again, you know, off, off what Nate said, 
the real criminal here is Arteta, you know, in terms of his underusage of, um, and I'm not going to single out ESR, just his underusage of some players and his overusage of um, other players. It's, it's, it's not, for, for me, it's totally not on. Um, yeah, ESR has had injury issues, but the bottom line is that he's been fit for selection for many a game. He's been named on the bench for many a game and is getting, you know, two minutes here. Some games, man's not using all five subs and ESR's not getting a run out. It's, it's, for me, it's been pathetic, you know, and there must have been a deeper reason or something else behind it. I refuse to believe it's solely for footballing or fitness reasons. But if we're talking about what we look like we're lacking in terms of fluidity in the attack, I think about this not being our first rodeo under Arteta. We've been there before. Remember the days of, like, you know, the horseshoe and, you know, getting to the edge of the box and then just recycling possession in the U-shape where we had no penetration. And he brought ESR into it, brought ESR into the mix. And what we saw was lots of um, pass appreciation, lots of combinations, you know, quick movement. Um, I always say ESR is very dynamic in his movement and his appreciation of space for me is probably one of the best in the squad, you know, he goes into space. He's always comfortable to receive the ball, you know. Um, doesn't doesn't really matter the circumstances. I don't see him shying away from making himself available, you know, to alleviate pressure from a friend or, you know, from a from a teammate or 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 whatnot, or to take responsibility himself. Doesn't really matter what further the pitch he's in doing that. And for me, he's looks to be a solution in terms of, all right, we're saying, oh, we want to see some greater fluidity in the way that we're actually attacking. We've got the control. I think we'll continue to have the control all day long. But what we want is a, a varied creativity, some ball carrying, some greater, a greater degree of central progression, you know, and um, someone who crashes the box. Like you said, I think BSR can score goals. He can create goals, you know. Um, he can combine well. All the things that it sounds like we're missing, he looks to be like the internal solution. So, you know, uh, for me, I can't understand it. I can't. I do understand the argument about the defensive side of the ball and why you'd put Havertz in there um, instead. But there's a question, genuine question about, is that overstated? Are we placing too much emphasis on that? Is Havertz's defensive contributions um, worth negating ESR's potential attacking and creative contributions. I don't think it is, you know. So I say I don't think Havertz. I'm not as down as Havertz as some people. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think that's where we should have spent the money. I don't think he's been a good player for us since we signed him. But also, um, there's something in me that believes that there's got to be a method to this madness. I'm probably wrong. Hope I'm not, but I'm happy to be wrong on it. But for me, ESR just looks ready-made for how me as a diehard fan wants this team to play. So that's it. Yeah, no, great stuff. Um, Jesse, anything to add on ESR? When when he came on, yeah, I think I was shouting as well. I was just like... Because there's, there's something about him, yeah, when he, when he plays... I feel like he's the only one of the eights that has something that's a bit different. He's gonna try and like when he when he receives the ball, the ball in a half turn, he's gonna drive. 
and he's gonna arrive into space. Like he does something that's a bit different to a Vieira to a Havertz or older guard. So I feel like he is probably the one that I would play on one of those eight positions more regularly. And when people talk about um, Havertz is better defensively, but okay, but I just played Vieira in a, in a, in a derby as well, and he's not the most. He's lightweight compared to all of them, man. So if he can play one of the eights and get a considerable amount of game time. ESR can do it. And ESR for me hasn't got a, a fair enough crack when he's been fit. So now that he's fit, um, he had his surgery, he came, he had a little bit of a, um, an issue, he came back now. I feel like he needs a proper run of games. Let's see what he can do. I feel like he has he, he has that thing that we need. I, I know I don't know, but we can't really and when, when opposition fans hear us speak about him, it's a bit like oh I'm gonna speak about the lo lockdown days, but we all see it. He has that thing that we've been missing. Uh, I don't know if there's a pause in that one, but yeah, let's like we need to we need to we need, we need to play more, man. We need to play more. I hear you. And um Nate, you're a fan. I can't lie, I think we sell him in the summer, you know. Brother, why are you speaking like this for? Bro, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, no, no, no. Uh, uh, let's, yeah. no, 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 let's, 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 let's you, hear, let's hear the reasoning. No, 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 yeah. no, because, you, because you, he's, he's not the only one. Are you, are you saying, I'm, are you, are you saying that's what you think we do, or that's what you think we should do? I think that's what I think that's what we do, because oh. I don't think that's Arteta's guy. Like, granted, ESR and Saka saved his job a number of times um, in the first iteration of this team, but like, where has that really? got him in this team um you know fitness is your is your best ever quality and you know the guy's never fit and then as you said he's been fit for like the what last six seven weeks and he's getting you know trust minutes like he's just some any guy in the team I think realistically unless he gets a run of games between now and the end of the season you know that's all that's pure profit in terms of a of a transfer and it doesn't look like Arteta really believes in him or, or trusts him. It's more a thing of a, a fanfare thing. You know, if you, if you sell him, what does that do to the fan base? You know, that kind of divides and splits everyone. But I think Arteta is making a, a rod for his own back with that one. But I can definitely see us selling him in the summer. I think, I think it's definitely an interesting one to wait and see what happens. This was the first time where he got significant minutes in the game so I think the challenge is both for him to stay fit but also for Arteta to trust him more now and I think obviously the next six months would tell us a lot to your point Nick so um, obviously we're into we still got a bit to play for do you know what I mean so we'll be able to tell once what that happens um, there's two more players that I want to touch on after Martinelli and ESR um, one is just to give him his props because I don't think he gets enough props um, considering he plays next to Saliba so I'll stick with you Nate for this um, but Gabriel, he was the one who basically set the game open, um, I think he should have been awarded the second goal which was basically his anyway it was on target, I don't really get why they put it down as an own goal officially um, but yeah any quick praise to, to Gabriel M because he does a lot and it gets overlooked at times and I don't really like the way a lot of the ops speak on him as if he's some sort of bozo. Um, do you know what I mean? When he, he holds his own next to Saliba just as much. I can't lie. Gabriel's my favourite Arsenal player right now. You okay. Know? Like, yeah. that guy is like the glue to this team. Like, he's never been bodied by anyone 
in this league. Like, think of any top striker in this league. Like, not one of them has come up against him and, like, slapped his head top. Like, the only time they really score is through, like, an individual error. And I think the more games he plays, they become few and far between. Like I said at the top of the pod, I think that was his best game in an Arsenal shirt. He got the crowd going, his pressing. Um, he beat up Mateta, man. Like, that guy never got a sniff. Um, and he looked like our best striker on the day. So, yeah, man, he was he was 10 out of 10 on the weekend. And he's been like that for a while, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Shabs? Yeah, man. Um, Gabby was putting our strikers to shame, really. That's what it is. Like, they fit three of them. And, um, you know, big Gabby at the back had to set pace. So I'm happy for him. I think, I, again, I agree with everything that's already been said. I don't want to over-index things um, too much. I don't think it was his best game in an Arsenal shirt, funny enough, because I I've, I've, I think attacking-wise, yeah, getting those two goals, which were fantastic, or, or getting the goal, because they tried to rob him of a goal, in it, and do the on-goal thing. To me, that brother scored two goals. I don't understand this bullshit. Where, where, like, where else was that that that, that second header goal? Um, but yeah, no, no, I think, I think fair enough, he, he got the goals. I just don't think um, Palace challenged us enough. I think the way that Roy... Hodgson set them up as well. It was a lot. It was always going to be a long day for Mateta playing up front as a sole um, striker. Don't think I recall seeing the ball go to him very many times. And yeah, I don't want to discredit Gabby for his role in that, but I think he's played better games for us. But yeah, I think he's definitely underrated. Hundred percent, he's underrated. I think if you if you consider his performance level for the last two seasons, two and a half seasons. You know, um, arguably, he's been one of the, if not the top um, centre-back in the league. I think when you consider the fee that we signed him for, when you consider his level of consistency um, and the fact that no defender, I think in Europe, has scored more goals than him in the time that we've signed him as well. So, fantastic player. I don't think he's ever really going to get his dues because he plays for us. I think if we win a league title or a major honour, um, I think it, it, he will be spotlighted, but I think he will still be secondary to Saliba. And I think, you know, it's a stylistic thing. But what I think is so important about centre-backs is, um, you know, these guys have to go out prepared to battle every single game for every minute of every game. And you understand why Arteta doesn't, you know, I'm critical of Arteta for running players into the ground and not resting players when games are secured, not withdrawing players. But, um, and he did on Saturday, didn't he? But generally speaking, I understand why, um, you know, he plays Gabriel and Saliba for damn near every minute of, of every game. Um, Gabriel, I think he takes it personal. I think, you know, Scoring goals is a bonus, but for him, really, you don't want to be on the bench. You don't want to be on the bench either. He wants to play every. Yeah, you don't want to be on the bench. But but what I mean when I say takes it personal is um like defending his goal. He takes it personal. It's like you know load load the MJ last dance memes. It was personal <laughs> to me. That's 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 what I play in my head when I see him doing his job defending. He he's a pure defender. He wants to defend. You know, he wants he, to he block. Wants, he wants he, wants, he wants that clean sheet. He, he wants, wants that. that he, he wants to. He wants to kill his opponent every day, and he doesn't 
he plays like he's still playing for a big contract at Arsenal. Like every week, he plays like he's playing for a big contract at Arsenal. So, and maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he's got you know Real Madrid somewhere else in his mind. You better not go anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't, 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 be, don't be, don't, don't be manifesting that in the air, my brother. But yeah, he's top, he's, he's top, 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 top. And, you know, long may performances like this continue from him. Mm, Where would you mm. guys rank this centre-back pairing? Ah, oh, for of, me... In terms of Arsenal. In terms of Arsenal, I think, Arsenal. for me, I think it's top. But the only way it's going to get the acknowledgement it deserves is, is via trophies. So, like, for example, yeah. I think... And, and I said this at the start of the season, I think a lot of our players are good. But I don't think, at the end of the day, until you can solidify it with silverware you can't be talking like you you just can't mm. like that's the, unfortunately that that's the harsh reality and i know yeah. sometimes when we're talking about players ability we shouldn't always compare it with trophies but we're at a point now where it's time to deliver do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and like for me like for example obviously i know we we're talking about gabriel but i wouldn't swap saliba for any defender in, in world football i just wouldn't like but at the same time i get why people are saying i can't say anything about it until he wins like and and, and I, I also get that argument do you know what i mean so it's time for us to deliver. But in terms of Arsenal, I think I've said this before, in my opinion, so this is about Saliba specifically, I think Saliba, assuming he stays, he has the potential to be Arsenal's best ever centre-back, in my opinion. Whether, oh, whether, whether he stays... That's a shout. Whether he stays think... his whole career, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've, my, in my mind, it's telling me that he goes to Real Madrid at some point. Like, that's, that's what's in my head. Like, but yeah. it is what it is. Like, as... You know, as long as in this period where we have him, we deliver something. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's that's what's most important. But I think as a duo, it's fantastic. I think I saw someone the other day say they're basically fire and ice. Like you know, like Gabriel's the aggressor and Saliba's you know the core. And as a duo, you know when it you know when it's like just works in it. It just works. Like remember when we had Vermalen and Koscielny, and they were both aggressors, and it it it, it didn't really work because both of them mm. wanted to to take somebody's head off in it. So. Like, whereas, like, you know, with Koscielny, Mertesacker worked better. Like, for me, this partnership's already better than Koscielny, Mertesacker. Like, all day. Yeah. All day, every day. I wouldn't... I would... Go on, sorry. sorry. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you, but uh, I agree. I'm just cutting to agree with you. The, the only centre-back pairing that I think has the potential to rival this is is is, is Bore and Campbell, mm. you know? And that's, in terms of the athleticism and the physicality they had at the time because it's relative yeah it's relative to yeah. the era as well, athleticism right? so... and the physicality they had at the time was peak but also they're invisible winners yeah so, and, right exactly know, so they also have and, and, and have i think massive and, defensive records as well if you think right about the and, 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 and also you have to at the end of the day you have to also have to have mr arsenal tony adams there as well because that's the only captain to win the title in three different decades as well, by the way. So 89, 98 and 2002, you legit can't argue against that. So this is why I say Good. you have to put accolades on the table before you That's start fair. getting put in certain conversations as well. So I'm sure we'll get there. Um, before we move on to listeners' questions, there's just one last player I want to touch on. Um, so I've not been overly impressed since this guy came in in the summer. Um, but I think since the Luton game, I think David Raya has started to look a lot more settled. Um, I was actually really, really impressed with some of his distribution at the weekend as well, actually. Obviously, I know there was one where he gave away for Lerma to have a shot, but generally I thought his distribution was really, really good, actually. Um, and obviously he was the one who set off the third goal, you know, for that quick release. 
Um, I saw someone on Twitter say if it was Ramsdale, he would have caught the ball and stuck his tongue out. I was, I was, I was cracking. I was, I was creasing. I was creasing. But Jesse, um, yeah, did, did are you starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with Raya based on what you're seeing now? Does he start? To, is he starting to look a bit more settled, or is it still? Hmm, you're, you're still jury's out for you. I'm, 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 I'm starting to edge over more to his side now from where I was initially. Bear in mind, I was very much pro him replacing Ramsdale, mm. but he made, there were so many early errors that I wasn't, I wasn't fully convinced. And also I've always, yeah. call it bias, but I, mm. I don't like short goalkeepers. So that's another bias I have generally as well. So, but yeah, what's, um, what's your overall take on Raya? I'm sorry, man. Like short, like that gives me the ick, man. Short keepers. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to yeah. work for me, man. Like, Nah, man. There's just like, okay, like I've, for me, I've accepted that he's not gonna be like this keeper that's gonna save us game like Allison. But I've been kind of, I was kind of disappointed by his just distribution. I was like, okay, cool. Like you're not gonna be coming and being an amazing keeper, but at least upgrade us when going forward with your kicking, with your throwing. I think that's the last, the last game. That's the only time I've seen. Okay, like you are Spanish. You just wasn't here born in, in West London and just being there. You actually got some Spanish in you that you can pass the ball and, and help us attack. So, but goalkeeper-wise, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable because he's just, he's just short, man. And six, six, four, six, four is not even like small. Like I've, maybe I'm, I'm just a bit taller than him. I don't know, but he's just, I'm just never going to be comfortable with that kind of height, man. And he's not, he's not the most dominant on, in his box. For someone that catches the ball, he, he he don't really palm the ball where he catches it, which I like. Mm-hmm. But I do prefer doesn't... my keepers to catch it than palm, yeah. like to, to to punch. And funnily enough, he does he does seem to rank quite highly for like high claims. He yeah, comes yeah, in, like, yeah, yeah. He, he does hold it, and like yeah. that is. But yeah, no, I, I get it, I get it. I, I I still think for a lot of people, um, the jury's out on Raya. So, mm-hmm. so let's see if that let's see if that develops. But but Nate, yeah. um, what do you what do you think about Raya? We need to just pack in this experiment, man. Um, <laughs> what you want, you want to bring? You want to bring back Rams, though, yeah? I'm really not bothered if we sell both of them um, in the summer, to be honest, because irrespective of who stays and who goes, we're going into another summer where we're looking to sign another keeper to challenge the number one spot. You know, we had Martinez and Leno. We couldn't make them stick for for love nor money. Um, and we've just slowly and slowly regressed in that department and where we've kind of gone away from having a traditional keeper to essentially an 11th football player at the back. Um, Saturday was probably the first time where I actually saw the football player come come to life. But, you know, I think what Jesse was touching on as well, we still need a keeper in, in certain games. He looks so tiny in, in goal, man. Like, there was that one free kick... Um, from Eze and he looked like he was like a fish out of water when he when he went up for it it's just that's never going to happen at City that's never going to happen at Liverpool personally I think we sh- we don't make the we shouldn't make the deal permanent um, and if Arteta's not too keen on Ramsdale we should just let them both go and just pack it in and start again man do you, know, do, you know, do you know why I can't have that? Firstly, we've already spent way too much money on goalkeepers for my liking anyway. True. And we have a striker, a winger, a centre mid, another defender to sign in the summer. I don't want to beat see us signing a goalkeeper. So whilst 
I might not be okay with it fully. We've got other issues of concern that 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 we need to address first. So I'm a, so I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be a bit more patient on that one. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on because we've already got quite a lot of listeners' questions that have come in. I will start with OT, but in tweets. Um, Shabs, I'll come to you first. He says, "Is a marquee striker necessary?" With Jesus back fit, the open play XG metrics have been promising. So, you know, we, we touched on that. Our, X, our, our XG, which was a bit of a concern earlier on in the season, has, has shot up quite a lot since November, um, obviously, which is a promising trend. However, to that point, I'm going to need a striker, my brother. <laughs> I'm going to need a shooter. I'm going mean, I mean, to need a shooter and I'm going to need a winger. Um, Jesus can either be backup to that striker or or fall into the winger rotation. So I still don't want to lose Jesus, don't get me wrong, um, because I still think he's a fantastic player when he's fully fit. My my I still do worry with Jesus that the knee has has affected his game. Like that knee the first knee injury he had, like I don't you know there was a level of explosiveness and sharpness that he had pre the World Cup that I don't think he's ever fully, fully recovered. Like don't get me wrong. At certain moments, it will still pop out, and you and you can still see it. But you know, there was a point where, like, even though he's that five foot nine, that centre backs were bouncing off him. He was, you know, there was a level of sharpness and explosiveness that I just don't think has returned since. So, and also now he's starting to pick up injuries at a more regular rate, which I think is a knee injuries are a red flag in itself, anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because they can always be potentially very hard to come back from. So, I think regardless of the fact that yes, our open play XG. Has in, has improved since it's come. He's come back, and I think he's definitely a factor in that. Um, we still need a striker, man. It's it's it's, uh, it's and I'm sure you know because the amount of links we've seen. I think we saw most of you guys saw the Touchy Gunas tweet uh, that we put out the other day. I think we had seven strikers. Um, so yeah, question: Do we need a striker? And based off the list we gave on you know in the tweet, who would be your preference? Um, yeah, absolutely. We need a striker. Um, no, they don't need to be marquee, in my opinion. Um, I'm all for smart acquisitions. They just need to be about their goals. They need to they need to be able to sniff out danger and they need to be able to put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis, on a more consistent basis. Um, marquee is about, you know, marquee is getting the fans to buy into it and, you know, kind of creating a level of hype around it and whatnot. And I get that. And I love, and the fan in me always wants that. I want every signing to be a blockbuster signing and, you know, really get behind and say, yeah, the club's going to a next level now and rare tear tear. For me, really, um, I'm all for smart acquisitions too. You know, um, I just want someone who's going to slap with regularity. That said, here's the contradiction. Um, out of that seven, my top pick was um, Isak. You know, that's going to cost a bag to get him out of Newcastle, if at all he's available. Um, I picked him because, you know, we were fond of him before he um, he came to the Prem. I always thought that was the striker that we should have signed. You know, we shouldn't have wasted time flirting with Vlavic and his agent, um, you know, for them not to answer the call. On Edu should have just gone and you know invested in him. He was the signing. We didn't. We went 60, big. sixty mil release clause as well. That was the signing. That was the signing to be made. We didn't. We went big. 
in the summer on Jesus. Um, Jesus, again, good player. Regular striker. Mm. You know, he's just not, he's not, he's not got that killer in him. I think Isak can do the bits that Jesus can do in terms of creating goals for himself. He can run the channels well. He can kind of create and fashion chances for himself. He's a shooter, you know, and, you know, he's got small, small track record now in the Prem as well. So, for me, he's the one where the others represent a little bit of a risk for me. Um, Ossiman was lower down on the list for me, not because I don't rate him as a striker, but because I think for what you have to pay for Ossiman, um, you know, he's not, he's demonstrated that he can score goals, but not in the Premier League. There is a bit of a question mark about how players look in the Italian league, especially physically imposing players. We've seen what Lukaku was doing. Um, you know, when he came back to Chelsea, didn't look good. We've seen how some of those strikers have struggled here. Um, didn't look good. So, yeah, there are different kind of reasons and, 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 and factors. I think who we sign has to represent some sort of value. Um, but, yeah, Isak would be top of the list for... I think I think based on I did a I, I should have done like a review on because there was like over 150 quote tweets so I couldn't do it all but I think Isak was the most popular option. Um, he's currently operating at 10 in 16 this season, so better than one in two. Um, Jesse, Nate, feel free to chime in here. Who would um, be your shout for a striker? Um, I got out of this list. I'm, I would go. I would go for Isak. Mm. Of course, I feel like he's he is the most Arsenal striker. I know we've seen the comps that he looks like Thierry, but Thierry, but he is probably the most Arsenal type striker. He can link, run behind, got a bit of Adebayo in there when he dribbles and things ricochet off him and he still gets past and he can still leng it. But for me, I got like an outside shout. Hear me out when I say this. I like Amado Broha. Before the injury, I would have said he would be my number one shot because he has the the level of in- aggression and intensity in his runs and his finishing and his variety of finishing. I feel like he would have been perfect for Arsenal. Um, um, in this list, I see Vlahovic. Please. Sorry, man. I think your dad's getting to you, man. Them Chelsea. Yeah, man. No, more, no more Chelsea players, bro. No more, man. No, you, the last one. That's the last one. Have you not, have you not learned your lesson? <laughs> no, that's 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 the last one. That's the last Chelsea guy. That's the last Chelsea guy. You've been burnt too many times yeah, by that too, club, man. Do, do, no, do, like, do you know the funny thing is, I, I I actually did like him, similar to you. When he was alone at Southampton, I was watching up Broho and I was like, same. I think this guy's got a lot of potential. But yeah, again, same. he had that ACL. He doesn't look to have come back properly since that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's funny because there's another guy that we speak about in the Bundesliga who we really like, Boniface. Um, but he's had two ACLs. <laughs> so Yo, well, is, well, is, and he's currently injured. And he's, he's coming injured again. So, so, and, oh. and the thing is, stylistically, he's a striker that I think would really, really suit Arsenal because he's yeah, very, yeah. very good link up, but he can stretch, run channels, score. Mm-hmm. But listen, I ain't trusting no Nigerian with two ACLs, boy. That 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 is that's a red flag. <laughs> when, when, to I, happen. when I heard when when I listened to the to the pod, and then I think it was um Dr. Lee that said he got two ACLs. I was like, two. Yeah, yeah, two. I, yeah. I, I, wow. I said, I said, I said yeah. yeah. And also he's claiming to be 22. Unless that Nigerian, listen, uh, we always say, unless the Nigerian was born in London, there's, yeah, no yeah, question yeah. Mark, there's a question it's mark impossible. over that age. 
So, so just on yeah, the two yeah. KCLs by the time you're 23 is forget yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah. Forget yeah. it. Just on the striker topic, <sighs> what do mm. you think about this, the profile that we're going for and what we've been left with? So obviously before we was linked to Isak mm. and Vlahovic, two mm. quite rangy strikers mm. that can go in behind. Yeah. And now we've kind of gone for Jesus and Eddie. Yeah. Do you not yeah, think yeah. that there's a Mm. There's there's an issue with with what we're targeting and what what we're getting. So so you know historically, yeah. Even if you go back from before when we got Jesus, I think there was Tammy at one point. Mm. There was another like I think Arteta's always wanted a tall striker. I think I think legit he's wanted a tall striker like yeah. And he hasn't been able to get one. Um, mm. I think Jesus obviously he had the relationship with Jesus from City, and Jesus is a good player that you don't want to pass up. But I think if you asked him his ideal option, he'd have like a rangy sort of target man but who's mobile mm-hmm. in my mind that's yeah. I, I'm, I'm projecting here i could well be wrong because obviously like you said we have what we have right now but mm-hmm. deep down if you ask me what i think arteta wants it's mm-hmm. more of a it's a focal point that team mm-hmm. you can play from so even though i don't really like tony i get why we're linked but for me i want my striker to be agile as well like quick mm-hmm. like so this is why I'm, I'm very heavy on Isak, you know, like, even if it's not Isak, get me someone similar to Isak, which is funnily enough, which is quite why I like, and I'm watching a lot more of Benjamin Sesko at Leipzig as well. Like, he's got a profile that I like in terms of, to your point, Nate, that he's tall, rangy, but he's got, he's athletic as well, but he's mm. about his goals. But also, obviously, he's very young, so it might not be that. I don't think there's an, like I said, I think Isak would be the ideal option, but I don't know if that's an ideal situation, so... Yeah. to that point so I'm i guess not... it's a wait and see yeah sorry sorry i keep doing this show no it's cool, um, but yeah and then um my obscure pick as well is xerxes hmm. nah yeah he's loaded with talent and ability yeah. um for me he's the physical profile and the technical profile yeah he obviously was at um bayern you know hmm. um he didn't really have a pathway at Bayern, a really clear pathway at Bayern. Lewandowski was there. Um, you know, some other players have kind of come and taken, um, you know, s- snatched his chain a little piece, if you think about Musiala and um, Natel and and whatnot. But he went and elect, I think it was on loan. His company was there. Was all yeah. right. Was decent. He, he, got, he got 16 in 38. Mm. And that was as a 19-year-old, which isn't bad. It's not That's bad. Not, not bad. bad. It's this not this bad for a young player. so and he went on Bologna. he went on loan to he went on loan to Bologna last season. Didn't really have a good like he only played half a season, but only got two goals. But yeah. this season he has eight in sixteen, so he's operating yeah. at one in two. So he's uh, in Italy. Yeah, he's he's so, trending he's trending better. So yeah, yeah. So he still needs to be more prolific, but I think again as a striker, he's still he's twenty three or twenty four now. I think he is. So well, he's approaching his twenty fourth birthday. No, so no, no. Think, he's he's twenty two, bro. Oh, he's twenty two. Oh, yeah, yeah, even better. Checked, yeah. Even better. So I think yeah, there's still a degree of concern, and that's why I say obscure pick because there's not mm. going to be a guarantee that he's going to mm. score in the prem with mm. regularity. But I don't think any of these guys, um, maybe Bartoni, who's 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 currently in this league, and Isak, mm. I don't think any of the other guys are guaranteed mm. either. So. Mm. You know, I think there's a risk with everything. We're either going to risk on the um, profile, the technical ability, or we're going to risk on the fee, you know. Um, but, yeah, 
you know, we we we, we need to do something because boy, I've Jesus, we've we're kind of running out of patience with, with what do you what do you guys what do you guys think about Solanke? Though, what do you guys think about him? So I, I like him, I like him a lot, Same. but again. Mm-hmm. And and I like I prefer funny enough, I prefer his profile to Tony's because this is where I talk about a focal point. Yes, but who's same. but who's agile, who can stretch. Um, let me check Dominic Solanke's goal scoring because I think he's operating at a really good level this season. Uh, has he got something like ten in seventeen or something like he that? Has, he has twelve. He has twelve goals in twenty 12. league games. So he's operating at better than one in two mm-hmm. this season for mm-hmm. Bournemouth. Yeah, all yeah, so he's yeah. currently 13 in 21 in all comps, which is really, really good. Really, in fact, that's really, really good. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, bearing in mind we're only halfway through the season. So I do like him. Question is, is is it enough? And is it is it the level? Do you think he's the level we need? Bearing in mind he's now 26. But again, we're saying that. We're about to sign Tony. He's, he's like 28. So, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, like I said, I think Bar Isak who himself has injury <laughs> concerns everyone has question marks over the head so i think we there's no ideal option currently so so we'll wait and see we'll wait and see um yeah. we've got lacas sorry i'm going to say like it's funny how we have not mentioned Osiman one time Osiman is off the list after this afcon no, no, nobody's no, mentioned no, no, it no, one time do, 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 do you know what yeah bear in mind i'm actually a big fan of Osiman and i've always mm. historically been a big fan of Osiman Couple things. One, he's not worth 105 million. So I'm not <laughs> as much as I'm a fan of him. Two, mm-hmm. we've been speaking about injury records. His injury record is a yeah. big, big, big red flag. Big, yeah. big, big red flag, in my opinion. Yeah. So, and and that would actually be the number one reason why I wouldn't sign Osimhen. He spe- he misses about 15 games a season. So, mm-hmm. big, big red flag. And then, even though I like him, his link-up play isn't what I need for my team. So I want mm. someone who's a bit cleaner technically. So that's why I would avoid him. And yeah, at the moment he's having a hall of shame Afcon <laughs> performance. I saw Nigeria have missed. They've had they've created like thirteen big chances, <laughs> and they've only scored three goals in, in the whole tournament. So yeah, he's going to need to, as a fellow Nigerian, he's going to need to redeem himself for us in the knockout stages. But yeah, mm. let's um we'll wait and see what happens on that one. Um, Lacas underscore Steen says top five funniest players to ever play for Arsenal. I don't really know what classifies as a funny player. So I'm going to change this question and say worst player. So guys, feel free to chime in. But I'm going to say some of the worst ones I've seen in my time. Mm. I'm going to start. Pascal Seagam was dreadful. Uh, people say he was part of the Invincibles. My God, if you saw this brother, not good. Oleg Luzhny, another one. He was he was not good. Um, he's, he's, top, he's one of the top of my list, man. Yeah, Terrible. Oleg Luzhny was bad. Uh, Sebastian Scalacci, another one. Bad. Mm. Bad, bad. Very, very bad. Oh, my God. Stefan Lichsteiner, that we bought when he was 40 years old from Juventus. I don't know what we were doing. Uh, Raul was on crack with that deal um, between him and Emery. Dreadful. I never knew someone that came for free could be (laughs) negative to the team, bro. (laughs) Dreadful player. He was was awful. Do you know who else was bad as well? I don't care that he was a gooner. Carl Jenkins was fucking awful, bro. He oh, was man. Uh, he, he, like, and people were like, oh yeah, he's a diehard, he's like a fan. I don't give a shit, bro. That yeah. brother was not good, bro. Mm, like he, mm. he legit was not good at all. Um, yeah, some guys like who else like 
Park. You named five, man. You named Bear. Yeah, you named five. you named five. Let's let's yeah. let's not do it. let's let's not dwell on that. There's some more interesting questions. Um, big up Yonko Abs. He asks, this is an interesting question. Do you agree that what's changed most in how we play is the lack of man-to-man press compared to last season? Seems like this season we are more happy with being hard to beat and slower build-up, even against Palace. Maybe this decision is to this way to is to play this way to conserve energy until the running. Um, so let me give you some quick thoughts on this, which I think is quite an interesting question. I think there is a factor in it. I don't think Arsenal are playing as quick as last season, but you need to bear in mind Arsenal have been playing every three games, every three days this season. Yeah, so you can't be going at helter skelter because even last season when we were playing basically once a week, you saw how we burnt out towards the end. Um, I think there is merit in how City go about it you know City uh City always just hang in there at the start of the season and then second half you know once they kick into overdrive now they got KDB and Haaland back as well um I do think slower build up maybe but also teams are legit not playing us to Nate's point even Palace were 2-0 down at the weekend and they still didn't really show any much ambition so I think there's a there's a range of different potential factors as, as to why we're not as man-to-man pressy this season um but happy to pass over to you guys any thoughts i think arteta said didn't he at the start of the season in one of the earlier press conferences he said yeah he wants to play with more control he doesn't want us to burn out so i think all of those factors that you've referenced i'm sure i've heard or read them directly from from the source so i think yeah, it's definitely a factor i think it's definitely true i think we're all seeing it um yeah, I, I don't want us to run the risk of only being able to default on this style of play because what we have seen, probably in the Champions League, and I think the Champions League suits us more so. We've we've seen that, especially if you think about the game against Lons, the game against, um, was it PSV? Um, yeah. where, we, where we slapped them. We were, yeah, man, we looked... The business that like, it looked like the Arsenal of last season in terms of the way that we were playing, the way that we were scoring, and the way that we were attacking. I'm saying, how come we could do this in Champions League, and then went um, straight off that Wednesday night into a Saturday um, into a league game, and looked meaty again. So it's doable, but I don't want us to run the risk where um, we actually think we've got this on lock, and then it comes to it, and then we can't, or we have key players missing despite playing this slow burner. Every season, I rather rock and roller like last season, and 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 crash out than have this kind of slow burner, and then we don't actually see any of the football that we want. It, it will feel like too much of an anticlimax for me, mm-hmm. especially if we don't end the season with silverware. I'm gonna need something, boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, hundred. All right. Uh, ba Okay, one of our ops from the cop end fracas lot, uh, Mister Mush has asked, um, there's been a big debate this week about where Arsenal's attackers compared to Liverpool's attackers. How would you order a combined list of both teams' front front fives? Front fives? So is he including the attacking midfielders in here as well as the front three? I would assume so. I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Nate, do you want to have a stab at that? Salah is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all collectively agree that. I don't think that sure. that's up for any debate. No. Um, second, I'm going to say Martinelli. Um, okay. I think he's the biggest shooter out of everyone. Mm. Um, I'll probably put Jota 
third. It's interesting. I would have put Jota second, maybe. I think Martinelli has more about his game than Jota. I think Jota, it's... in between the box, in the six-yard box, cash money, Martinelli has shown to do a lot more on either wing and, and through the middle. So that's why I put it in my head. You lot okay. are both bugging, man. Se um, both of them second. And we ain't heard Saka's yet. You're mm. both bugging. Saka's second, second for me. Saka's second for me. Saka's second for me. So, so just to the point, I don't think we're talking about... Or I, I don't know, because there's a way this question can be interpreted, right? He's just saying, where do we rank them? So are we ranking them in terms of goal scoring or are we just ranking them overall? Because if we were ranking them overall, then I'm yeah, agreeing with each other that I would put Saka second mm. to Salah. But goals wise, I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting one, right? Because I, from my perspective, I do feel like Liverpool have more goals. In fact, I don't, I don't even think it's I think Liverpool have more goals in them than Arsenal do. Generally, I don't even think that's really a, a debatable thing. I, I prefer Arsenal defensively, but I think Liverpool are better offensively. Do you know what I mean? So I think Liverpool, even though Salah's the main goal scorer, you see Nunes, Jota, Diaz, Gakpo, they all pop up with, with goals in it. Do you know what I mean? Even now, look, Salah's at AFCON. They haven't really missed a beat. They won 4-0 mm. away to Bournemouth, who have been in really, really good form. Um, they won tonight as well. Oh, what was, what, what was the score? I'd even see. 1-0 uh, at half-time. Oh, yeah, they were winning. Yeah. I think it's just okay. done. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. So they 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 legit haven't missed a beat. Like one thing which is really interesting about Liverpool, which is Liverpool have only lost one league game in ten months as well, which I think a lot of people gloss over. And that game was against Spurs when they had nine men, and VAR wrongly disallowed that goal as well. So um, anyway, but fuck them people. I hate them. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I, I don't know if I can if I okay let, let, let's do it let, let's let's go through a quick rank here um and and you can chime in if you disagree here so I'm gonna go Salah at the top this is just overall in terms of okay, overall. Them, yeah? Yeah. overall not in terms of goals I'm just ranking them overall so I'll go Salah number one I'll go Saka number two I will go Jota number three. This is me. I'll go Martinelli number four. I will go. This is making me sick to say this, but I might say like Nunes number five, not because I particularly rate him. <laughs> ahead of ahead of um Diaz. Um Diaz has no real end products for me, bro. Mm. So, do you have Do you do you think Diaz is an end product guy? Like I think Diaz is a he, he's a good dribbler, but yeah. when we're talking about making stuff happen i'd probably say okay. he's probably down the list on in terms of liverpool's attackers right mm -hmm. the, the the reason why i'll go like with diaz because i feel like in general play okay he's just much better than nunez like nunez i don't know for him like he, he stinks man i'm sorry mm -hmm. no 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 i i i don't like him he's nasty to me <laughs> he's, he's, he's very very nasty especially for the fee he came with okay but Hey, listen, I'll, I'll put Jesus way down this list, you know. I, I feel nasty. I feel nasty myself. I might have to rearrange that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't want to do this anymore. Do, you you guys did. Well, <laughs> did um, Nate, well, you didn't finish yours. What, who, was the, who was the rest well, of I think you? I might, I think I might change mine. If we're just doing on pure quality. Yeah, um, yeah. And he said front five, so not just yeah. 
the front three. So then front I'm position. doing. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I'm doing. I'm doing, Salo, I'm doing Salo number one. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Saka number two. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going Erdegaard mm-hmm. number three. Then Jota. Then Jesus. Okay. And not Martinelli. If it's just pure quality, then no. no. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jesse? Um, my one is Salah, Saka, Martinelli. Uh, but if we're just going over, it's hard for me to put the to put the number eights. But if we're putting the number eights as well, I'll put Salah, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and then Jota. That's my five. Uh, yeah, I think mine would probably be similar to yours, just the other way around. Salah, Saka, Odegaard, um, Jota, Martinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we all agree right. Salah's the best. I think that's you know. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. It's not for debate, and uh, you, yeah. you can't disrespect Salah. But when you look at his numbers, crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 do two two more. Um. Shaggy P eight asked an interesting one. Obviously, party's close to being back. So what's the plan for the rest of the season? Do we ease him back into the team or do we just chuck him in and hope he stays fit? We're coming to a critical part of the season and feels like we need his line-breaking passes now more than ever. So from what I understand, um, he's back in full training now and he's set to be, they reckon he will be included in the squad against Forrest. So for me, how I would plan it is to maybe give him like 20-odd minutes off the bench against Forrest, if possible, and then start him the following week against Liverpool because we're going to need him in that game. Wow. Um, but, gem- but generally, I'd be planning towards a party rice Erdegaard midfield for the rest of the season, assuming, you know, Mr. Eggman can stay fit. So, so yeah. Um, do you guys agree? Thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd, for me, I'd even give him 30 minutes off the 30 bench. 30 minutes off the bench against the Forest. Yeah, yeah, I think he needs... He needs you need to stretch him. And you know what it is as well? Where I'm where I'm at with Pate is that um like fuck it, like just play the guy. If he's gonna get like we we've not been able to rely on him anyway. So if he's mm. gonna be injured, he's gonna be injured. That's this like, brother has missed this brother has missed like four or five months of this. Yeah, exactly. And exactly this ain't the first rodeo either. So for me, it's just like you know what. Play him, play him, play him. Like, <laughs> we're we're, get, we're getting used to you not being here anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's like we, we're, we're accustomed to like Jorginho is almost back in my good books. That's how deep it's got. But um, 65 minutes, 75 minutes max games, and then I would just that, that's that's how I would use him. I'd literally wrap yeah, him that's, up. That's 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 how I would League games. Then he's sitting out of the league games, and I'll just play him in the Champions League. Um, you know, I prioritise him and his availability for Champions League games. That's what it's I funny, you know, because I think I'd do the opposite. I think I'd prioritise Jorginho. Yeah, and I would, yeah. Prior- and I'd maybe use George because obviously less physical in Champions League. I'd probably use Jorginho more in Champions League. Like party, I feel like we actually need him in the league. Like generally, gonna, like so. I hear it, but I'm not gonna lie. I think that's the competition that I really want to like. Yeah, that you feel we have uh, a better chance of doing well in the. Champions I feel like we got. Well. Good, I feel like we got a good chance of doing it, really well in the Champions League it, this year. I think it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, all our best yeah. performances have come in the Champions League this season. If we, mm. we, we, we look really good well. in the Champions League, the, 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 the way that we played, 
in terms of controlling games, we've not mm. looked. Yeah, it's it's. I think the way that we've been set up has suited the Champions League much more than it suited the league. And then I think we've got Porto. That's not easy, Listen, but it's not difficult. I had, uh, after Monaco dumped on our heads, yeah, I ain't man, never taken anything for granted yeah. again. No, it's not, but that's what I'm saying. It's not easy, but it's not difficult. And then I think after that, it's you could get really lucky. Yeah, yeah. You could get really unlucky. But, you know, I think if, yeah, you have, for me, I see a pathway where we're getting to a semi final. Final potentially with a bit of idol. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I'm oh, saying, I'm saying, my Wembley ticket already. I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> no, no, do, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm not saying that we'll get there. I'm saying, I see a pathway for, it's, it's, for it's that funny final. Wow. If we get to the final, I feel like we could win it, but it's getting to the final. That's 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 the issue. So, if we avoid City and, and Madrid, who's He's, he's, got, he's coming for us. No, no, no. That, I can't like Bayern Munich. I can just envision the hate like Kane no, no, coming in no. that like, Bayern Munich kit and just clapping us differently. They're getting slapped up in the Wimbledon. They're getting slapped up in the Wimbledon. Nate, you're just giving the ops ammunition here. They're never going to see me again, man. Okay, cool. All right, finally then, um, from Count Dracula, he says, Arsenal have had a long list of injury-prone players. Um, whose absence did you feel the most? And who do you think was overrated because of their lack of availability? So for him, he's put Party and Van Persie missed the most. Um, and he says, overrated was DRB and Rosicki. Now I'm gonna take issue because I love Rizitsky, bro. Same. I I, 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 don't, mm. I slander doesn't run around me, boy. So um he was, but cold. he was cold, but I'm not gonna argue too much with party and RVP. I think those are some very, very important, important misses, man. So any 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 others you guys wanna add? For me, like um, because of my area being an Arsenal fan, I would say Wilshire because of like what we we thought we had. Like I know, I know the ops always talk about that one game, but that one game, like it was like a, it's like you know, you know when a rapper just drops that, that hood classic, like <laughs> no nah, man, like, that, that 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 pain is the essence here. Yeah, that that pain is the essence. Like that is something that you can, I, I can watch that. Anytime that comes on my, on my TikTok, I just watch it from the yeah, start yeah, to the yeah. end. So it's I funny. think that's the one. It's funny the ops talk about that one game, but they forget to mention that he was also a young player of the season that year. But you know, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. You, you get it. You get it. Nate, any names you want to include? Overrated. So overrated. So that that we missed generally because of their lack of availability, or was also overrated because of their lack of availability. Overrated because of their lack of ability is definitely Eduardo. Mm. Oh no no no! Speak no, on it, brother. No, no. Speak on it, brother. No 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 no! Mate, I cannot believe. Like, do you know what it is? Yeah, people need to understand. We come from a good stock of forwards in this mm. Arsenal team. Ian Wright, Henri, that's that flipping Dutch snake, Anelka, um, yeah, Anelka, Carnu, like top top, mm. like strikers. And then nah, we, was there, yeah, we actually had these good players, and then we're just talking about these mean guys that, that come to the club, bro. Eduardo seems to have some very, very good PR, boy. I th- you know what? I think it's because I think it depends on like your age. 
I feel like you guys had the privilege of watching these man slap. But my age, I feel like we had this kind of affection with him because that season, I felt like we were close. And I feel like people look at how he how he ended. Like when like when he was first coming and he and Wengo was was, bending, was like putting him in, he was slowly cooking. But then when he started, you know that game against Everton when he scored two? Do you know that game? Yeah, That's yeah, when he yeah. started to cook and with him and Adebayo. And I feel like I, I believe until this day we would have won the league. You say fit, we win the league. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how okay. I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I remember that season fondly, and I, I remember that game. That for me, that game was a clear turning point for Arsenal season and for the rest of the league because we we were top, and it was that it was that whole thing of it was that sense of injustice because it was you know a, a, a injury brought about by excessive play. And there wasn't really the uproar about it, and it so clearly had an impact on, on, on the player and his career, but clearly had an impact on us. Like the players were traumatized on the pitch, you know, and the, the the it was a double fracture, you know, not to be too graphic, but it was a double fracture, you know, sh shin bone and everybody coming out. So it was nasty. It was nasty. So yeah, I think I think that definitely derailed that season because we were eight points clear if i'm not mistaken eight points mm -hmm. clear for the, mm -hmm. so yeah and this was like february march april yeah. being eight points clear so i think that team would have gone on with pace and then you talk about a guy who he yeah he had just started to cook remember he came in to replace Henri. that was the mm -hmm. season we had actually sold Henri. Mm -hmm. so where else were goals coming from yeah we had adibayo van percy wasn't quite fit um, you know, and wasn't being used as an out and out forward them times either. No, uh, you know, it was being used still mostly out wide when we did use him. So yeah, no one else was really cooking. So I think that had a massive impact there. So I do understand it. It won't be my personal pick, but I do understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's many others I can I can really disagree with that. Um I thought Rosicki was a miss whenever he didn't play personally. Same. I thought he was a thought he was top, a hoop eye. You know, your your reference in that 2007 8 season, Rosicki got injured in Jan and he was a big part yeah. of what we were doing that yeah, season yeah, as yeah. well. So, yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah, I ain't going to speak on Van Persie. F that brother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. Gents, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, Jesse and Nate, for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I mean, if you're a believer and you've got that confidence of Nate that you're going to book your ticket for Wembley, um, then boy, but listen, any receipts, direct them to him. Don't direct them to me. But <laughs> if, 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 if it doesn't come off, because the views of Nate are, are by Nate and Nate only, boy, listen, he, he, he got cooked the last time he come on. If, if, he get, if he gets us cooked because of this, I might not let him come on again. But, <laughs> so, but no, I'm joking. It's all love. Um, Nate, thank you very much. Jesse, thank you very much. Shabs, thank you very much. Um, listeners, hope you enjoy. Uh, we don't have a game this weekend because it's FA Cup and we're at the FA Cup, so uh, we will be playing. I think we're next playing on Tuesday away to Nottingham Forest, so um, we'll be back for the pod on Wednesday, which obviously will feature the post match, hopefully, of another three points as we build up momentum in the league um, against Forest. So, gents, we'll see you on the flip side, listeners. Peace. Right. 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 Right.
Network.